Hello, my name's Matt Pryor and welcome to My Week in Cars, a digest of uh, the weekly autocar columns of me, but more importantly, uh, Stephen Cropley, Editor-in-Chief. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? So, you join me not in the office again this week. So, it's a nice idea, wasn't it? Get into the office uh, once a week, have a chat about our respective columns, but inevitably, we're somewhere else, which today is the British Motor Museum. Yes, and you just returned from the USA, as I, as I understand it. Yeah, I, I stopped by the house, picked up a microphone and, and came up. But I've not been, I'm very glad to come here because I've not been to the British Motor Museum for yonks. And I've had a little while you were in your meetings because you're on holiday this week, aren't you? I am. Yeah, but you do things here as a... Trustee. Yeah. Trustee, yeah. I'm a very proud trustee. I love the place. Yeah, and, I, and it's, it's great. So I've had 20 minutes walking around and I've realised that that's not anywhere near long enough I need to come back again and again but you know fortunately I can now come back 16 quid you can come back all year oh mate we can get you I can smuggle you in for nothing well I know but you know it's just nice to do it isn't it it feels nice to you know to to know that you can do that is yeah I think it's great there's so much here and you've uh, as we speak it's Friday the 9th of September and you've wandered up and uh, seen one of the Queenslandies on the on the way in yeah I was uh, it's funny but I was uh when I was writing the column, we were discussing. Um, they literally announced the death of the Queen while I was in mid sort of bashing the keyboard, and mm. it was rather upsetting, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I then had to come up here, walked into the foyer, and they very enterprisingly have shown uh, that there's a whole collection of Queen's uh, vehicles here, and one mm. of them is a Land Rover 110 that she used to drive around Balmoral and for some reason, because I've seen photographs of the Queen in this car mm. driving it herself, it provided me with a, a, a sort of an odd feeling of comfort because it takes a rather special person to see the beauty of a Land Rover 110 <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? at a place like Balmoral. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really uh, moved by the, the number of social media posts I've, I've seen with, with her in a Land Rover or, or drive around in that X type estate around Windsor. There's um yeah, it's a really uh, a sort of quite a, quite a special thing to see some of those cars. Isn't it? Actually, it's quite cool. Yeah, there's yeah. There, there's there are lots of car connections with the family. It's really mm. it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The association is is long standing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your column, which is called it's called Motoring Week. Your column. This yeah, this uh, this podcast is my week in cars, but but your yours is uh, your Motoring Week, and mine is called. Uh, testers notes weirdly well that was that or prior convictions which i which i also quite liked as a column idea so your start your week started this week at hampton court last weekend yeah i went to the concours of elegance one of the things that cheeses you off is that the concours of elegance collides on the same with uh, the other one the the uh, the blenheim palace uh, oh, uh, Salon Salon Privé, Privé, yeah. which, which seems to me to be a really stupid idea because i am sad enough to be likely to go to both of them, but I'm not going to devote my Saturday to one and my Sunday to the other. So no. I chose the the Hamda Court one, and it was lovely. And it, but the, it was a little thinner on the ground than at other times. And I did wonder whether that was caused by the collision of the two yeah. events. But but uh, are, they the thing us- was, are they usually the same weekend? Or I is think it just so, yeah. yeah they certainly, isn't? if not always, they certainly have been quite yeah. often. That's weird, isn't it? You'd think you'd get a bit of air between them. Yeah, but, but I, I think that there's probably a, some sort of deadly battle going on uh, for the like same that. customers and yeah. you know how people are. And yeah. Filthy commerce. Yeah, but good, for, but good, but good fun. Yeah, um, the thing I enjoyed. Um, I mean, it's always lovely. To, it's a superb location. It's it's sort of right by the Thames. You know, you 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 wonder whether you should jump on a boat and go up the mm. river for a cruise as well. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But the thing that was good this time was that the Lotus Eletra was there, E-L-E-T-R-E. I can never quite figure out how to pronounce it, but the SUV. Yeah. And Peter Horbury was there, you know, who's who's now in charge of Lotus, sort of an overseer of Lotus design. Okay, and he's because he, he's been at Geely, as which is Lotus yes, he was in, He's been and he's been at Geely for a while. Isn't that's it? right. He was at Volvo. Then he went off to somewhere else. Then he came back to Volvo. Then he became grand overseer of all Geely design. And then I think he's he lives in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, design works around the world these days because all the VR business they got on. But he, um, he's he's now. I think he's you know doing a bit less, and and he's specialising in Lotus. And and the yeah. idea is to, I mean, Lotus, as you appreciate, has a quite a job ahead to to make people understand that a two ton or you know one point eight ton yeah. SUV can be a Lotus. Mm. And it takes somebody with the sort of eloquence of Peter and the and the design expertise of Peter to to sort of help us all help yeah. us with that stuff. So uh, so as a bloke who's just I've just wandered into this museum and they've got Colin Chapman's Mark Six, and then they've got a Lotus Seven which has been donated by uh, Mrs. Nern and Nern obviously took the Lotus Seven and created it as a caterer and blah blah blah. So they weigh both considerably less than five hundred kilos. How are you feeling about a Lotus SUV that's I mean, 1.8 is light for an SUV. I well, suppose. I'm not even sure it's not more than that. Oh, really? Just, okay. just being, so it could well be. Being friendly and generous, to be honest. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I mean, I guess the, you think Porsche thoughts, don't you? You know, mm. three quarters of Porsches are either saloons or SUVs. They make it possible for Porsche to produce the sports cars they produce. So that's the business model. Yeah. And, and I think we... we uh, it's quite clearly a Chinese car. It's very long, or long wheelbase. It's mm. got a very big interior package. Uh, sorry, in, uh, rear package. Right. Huge. And the, you know. As and that's know, important in China, isn't it? It is vital. Yeah. Um, but it does have a, a beautifully designed and very um, ultra modern interior, and I, I I warm to all that sort of new fangled, um, um, you know, display stuff. Uh, yeah. you, you know, sort of lovely. Um, I think of it as, as stuff I wouldn't have thought of. You know, no, not a round dial to be seen. Hmm. It's interesting. Isn't it? 
how in terms of concourse concourse displays in general these little grass i always feel a bit slightly weird about seeing cars on grass and I don't know why that is. It's just, I've just got a, a, and I know some art editors at some car magazines also hate it. Unless it's an off-roader, don't put it on grass. If it's a bunch of sports cars, don't line them up on grass because it looks like they shouldn't be. It's like they've crashed or fallen no, off the road. That's interesting. And I, and I just, my, one of my things about concourse, I just think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if it was a bit more gravel? <laughs> just a bit more. <laughs> well, actually, funny, funny, you should say, one of the good things about Hampton Court is it does have all these gravel. gravel oh, okay. They, most of them were on gravel. But yeah. the, the, that raises a problem of dust. Of course. Because everybody walks oh, around course. the place and the dust lobs yeah, on the yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah. Is there much driving done or is everything static? No, they're, they tr- they're trying to improve it. For instance, there was a cavalcade of car of cars that sort of arrived in the morning, on each mm. of the th- mornings of each of the three days, I believe. So there's a, there's a bit of a movement against the, the kind of cotton bud, bud brigade where you bring yeah. your car 600 miles on the back of a trailer and, and, and get out the cotton buds when you get there. Yeah. Uh, but it's not how I own cars. No, I must say no, it's, not, no. it's not quite my thing. It's no, not quite my thing. No, I, admire people, now, I admire that people do it, but I've got a, a photo session um, coming up for, for the discovery that I yeah. have enjoyed and have got to give back. And uh, I'm already thinking I'm going to have to clean this damn car. <laughs> and uh, it's it's not what I. And there's a lot of it. There is a lot of so it. yeah, which brings us on to yeah your next column item, which is the fact that this discovery is is going back. Yeah, it's a, it's funny. But we we have we have several cars in the household, mm-hmm. you know, um, four and uh, plus some motor- motorbikes, and this car will still leave a hole in our really in our um, collection just because oh it just does stuff. You know, you find yourself getting in it. Mm-hmm. The only thing is. I've found that there are some curious pieces of road on which it, the ride doesn't work. It's usually excellent, mm. you know, air suspension, very well damped, quite supple. It's got the, the you know, the roll control, the, the electronic roll control and all the rest of it. But for some reason, there there are some lumpy roads that where, where the roll rock becomes a real pain oh, in the backside. Really? And it's, 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 it set me thinking about all cars, you, you know, every one of the cars that I am used to driving, you know, the four that we own plus a bunch of other ones, you sooner or later you always find something they're not good at. And mm. it's really, I feel let down by this, even though, you know, 99.7% of the yeah. time it's brilliant. Yeah. And the pro- I think well, the, the, one of the things about this job is you don't switch off from that. No. You, can't, you can't ignore it, can you? No, the other That's half the gets the hump with you for, for uh, you know, you start, start mouthing off about steering feel when you're... Yeah. Uh, is it on? Be. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Is it on particularly big wheels and tires? Is there a uh, reason it should be? Mind you, that's not that big for discoveries, is it? These days, for for, for Land Rovers these days. Uh, next column item, Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> you've got one light bulb on because uh, energy prices are yeah. as they are. And uh, now I'm like you. I don't always worry about how much fuel a car is using because it's just you know we're testing cars and they use what they use. Yeah, but. There is, yeah, are you, are you becoming slightly more conscious of, not conscious of it, is it, do you enjoy the challenge of not using much fuel? I do, mm. I do, and I think, uh, you know, it'll, it'll go on, won't it? The, mm. the duster that I've just bought, which was my long-termer, normally returns something around the 60s, you know, 57 to 63, mm-hmm. 
I think it's fabulous. Yeah. It isn't that I sort of count the dosh out of the housekeeping or anything, but I but I just like it. It makes me feel warms the cockles to yeah. know that you 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 know it's just doing a nice efficient job. It's yeah. a diesel, but boy, it's a good diesel. Yeah. And I think I'm like I'm like you in the in the last couple of months, I suppose I've started to be more choosy about where I bought it than I would have been before. You know, before I'm on a job, I'm on a job. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to be there at that time. It makes sense if I fill at X. But now I'm thinking hmm, it's a few p cheaper if I fill at Y, which makes a big difference over a yeah. tank with the, with the prices as they are. And I wonder if yeah, you're right. You you wonder if a lot of people will be thinking the same. Yeah, but you do find for the first time in my life, I found myself. Doing little um, sums, you know, to figure out what the difference between one sixty-nine a litre and one seventy-five yeah. a litre is. Yeah, yeah, and and on a big tank. So I'm, I've got this Audi Q7 uh, in my life for a month or two. It's got a hundred litre tank. Oh my it made Quite big. Yeah, it, it does make quite a big, quite a big difference. I had a pump the other day that actually gave up on me at about one hundred and ninety quid. Really? It just went. No, I think you should probably go. It just, it just stopped. And I, in a, in a, and I don't know. I don't know why it wasn't like you know. Sometimes when you use a fuel card, it it says you can charge up to ninety nine pounds or whatever. But this was just off the off the bat, and it just yeah, it just sort of trickled to a stop at about one hundred and ninety something pounds. And I just thought, okay, never go. Boy, pay for it. but they've come. I mean, they've come. Prices have come down since, yeah, but yeah. still. But I mean, talking about real economy cars, I think you were you you're, you're the man that's that's been chasing economy by driving a. A Lexus that that's done one hundred twenty thousand miles. I want to hear about this. So yeah, go yes, go. So I'm just back from driving the new Lexus RX, and uh, my sort of primary column piece this week is the fact that in so in twenty nineteen it was Lexus's thirtieth anniversary, I think, wasn't it? So the, so that LS four hundred came out in the late eighties, which I want to pick your brains about in a minute, because I remember um, an engineer coming into one of our university lecturers and somebody saying. What's the best car on sale, Gaffer? And he, him, and this was in ni- the early nineties. And he, I remember him saying, the Lexus LS has moved things on yeah. to a substantially Stop different the traffic. margin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so Le- Lexus USA wanted to have an RX three hundred, which is their first SUV, which came out in ninety eight, uh, on display for the thirtieth anniversary. They phoned Toyota Japan for the parent company and said, you know, can we borrow one? And Toyota went, no, you, you, we don't have one, or we can't get it there. So they sent a bloke out to buy one. And he sort of kicked a few tires and went and looked at a few driveways, and he found this RX three hundred that has one hundred and twenty thousand miles on it. It's a bit tatty in places, but fundamentally it's sound. And on the new RX launch this week, they they had it there, and they said, "Look, if you want to take it for a drive, take it for a drive." And what I was struck by is you get in, and sometimes you get in really old cars, and the driving position is awful, and it's they're too small, and they creak and the steering takes an age to take up any weight or anything. This just steered really nicely. You could feel that, you know, bushes might have been a bit worn and also the gearbox has got an auto of maybe, presumably a five-speed, but, yeah, a modern auto would shift more cleanly and smoothly. But it felt quick enough. It rode really nicely. It rode over some of the, and I suspect this wasn't the object of the exercise, it rode over some of the speed ramps on the way into where we were better than the new car, which is, which is, you know, and it's on, you know, big balloony tires. Uh, it rode fine the rest of the time. It's quiet enough. I was driving with somebody else and we were, you know, cruising at 60, 70 and you can have a, a quiet conversation. Air conditioning blows cold. You just think, and it, it occurred to me that actually the progress we've made in the last 
the most recent 25 years is perhaps not as great as it would have been in the 25 before that. Yeah. Because I think if you, in 97, 98, if you got into an, an RX 300 and then you considered what you were driving in 1972. So cars that came out in 972 are things like the Renault 5 or the Triumph Dolomite or um, there's a bunch of other stuff. And I just think by the late 90s, they would have all felt quite old. But actually, if you get into a 97, 98 car now, Ford Puma as yeah. uh, Alpha 156, these don't feel like old cars no, to me, I th- not at all. When I read that, I thought it was a fantastic point. I, mm. I, I think you are precisely right about that. This, this sort of mechanical here, not, not moving on, as it mm. were. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I heard somebody recently describe the last 20 years as the emissions era. Uh, and all the dosh has been spent yeah. on compliance, yeah. either accident compliance or atmospheric compliance. Yeah. And so the stuff you're talking about, the late 90s NVH um, business, mm. isn't that different? I, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. I think it's right. In fact, I think you and I would be able to point to cars that were were noisier than, than, than some of the stuff made 20 or 25 years ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I've certainly got into some cars in the past 10 years and thought to myself, I just prefer the old one. And then you thought, sort of, I don't want to feel like a Luddite because I, you know, I think things get better, you know, things largely get better. And cars are safer, aren't they? There's no question. Oh, yeah. They are much, much safer to, to, to crash in than everything Steering else. Steering moved on a lot, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it has. Uh, yeah, and now that, yeah, and now that people have got the hang of electric power steering systems properly, you know, and, and some modern sports cars will do astonishing things as well. But there is a, yeah, it does, it, it, and I wonder, the other, my other thing, am I just getting middle-aged? Is it just because the 80s and 90s are my era that I am starting to feel like that about those cars? Oh, I don't think so, Matt. Not, well, not, not doing what you do for a living, honestly, well, mate. You, 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 um, you know, you of all people, you, you know, you're, you're the man when it comes to realising what excellence is. I, I, I trust you. I read what well, you say. You're very kind. You're very kind. <laughs> uh, well, on that note then, uh, last week I also drove the Noble M500 which is the replacement for the M600, which we loved at Autocar. So it finished second in our best driver's car contest in 2010, I think, beating Ferrari 458 into third. And we always loved the way it steered and handled and rode. And that was the that was the thing they always had absolutely sorted. And when it came out, it had a 650 horsepower turbo V8, which was, uh, nobody had anything like that kind of power at the time. And it had no traction what control. What engine's that? That was a, so it's a Yamaha... Oh, the Volvo, Volvo Yamaha, V8, think, yeah, yeah, 4.4. Right. But then they sent it to Judd, and it got twin turbos, and it was it was really heavily revised. So, and I know that Noble get a bit peep out, which is the MD of Noble gets a bit put out if people call it the you know the Volvo V8 because yeah. it's got so much work done. If you want one, they've still got a load in boxes, and they're flogging them on eBay for wow. right, two and a half grand a pop, which is really? yeah, which I think I mean they haven't had the the turbo conversion and the Judd stuff done to them, 
But if you've Great got a project, speed, yeah, and if you've got a project sleeper, some old, some old eighties Volvo boxy estate, and you want and you want a proper resto mod motor to drop in the front of it. I mean, what a thing that would be. Well, you've, no, you've just sent the sales through the roof. Yeah, exactly. Honest. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, so actually, paid for on those. Anyway, they've now moved to a Ford EcoBoost three point five V six because it's easier, cheaper, uh, cleaner, all of the things that you would. Piece put a new body on it. Which is also supposed to be cheaper than the carbon one, and the M500 is now. It still drives as nicely as the M600 in terms of the steering and everything else, but it should be a bit cheaper. But my thing is, they they've been trying to sell that car for a dozen years, nearly. You know, the, the, the M600. I think it went out of production properly in um, 2018, but it's a, and they've been working on the 500 since. But the fact is, they've they've had that car available all the time. Just not enough people have gone to buy one. No. And um, so they've got the M500. It's still a prototype. It's probably going to go be productionized early next year, we think, maybe. But it's still a bit in doubt. And as a result, they won't take any money off anybody, which I quite like. Yeah. And I would, went back onto the TBR website the other day, and that car kit was shown in 2017. Deliveries end of 2018, we were promised. And they still ask people now for a five grand deposit on a launch edition. I just, I mean, you know them more than me, but... Is it? Is it, and I, I just, I just think if you, if you, if you want a bespoke, low volume British sports car, and you've got some money to spend, phone Noble in Leicester and yeah. get on their list because I suspect you'll get a car. Did you, you like the car, car, the Noble? I did. Yeah, I did. And it drives. The driver's position is slightly offset, uh, which is fine. It's it feels compact enough. It's quick enough. It's got about five hundred brake at the moment because it was built on a really. Uh, crude mould it weighs around 1400 kilos but they're hoping to get that down to 12 something wow. which would be amazing would I think be. that I think that's probably ambitious My, but then when we fuel we we fully fueled and weighed a an M600 for our road test in 2010 and it was 1305 gosh that's very interesting. really light yeah which is really light and that Ford V6 is probably a bit heavier than the V8 maybe yeah, yeah. but but still and the body is now glass fibre rather than carbon fibre to keep the cost down. But I mean, if it did start with a 12 or even a 13, I think that's pretty good going. Absolutely. It's manual gearbox. It's got the old Audi R8 gearbox. Uh, no ABS. Oh, complete with gate? It has got a gate. It's a good bespoke gate, but it is, yes, it does have a metal gate. gate. <laughs> it's a really lovely gate. It's I, the, the one you can, uh, I, listener, you cannot see this, but Steve can see a small. It's a bit sharp on the and edges at the moment, in, a little bit. In the bit. end of the finger. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but it's got a lovely, yeah, it's got a lovely shift action and quality. The engine's responsive, whizzes, fizzes, and boosts a bit, which is fine. And it just still, it's basically running the same springs and dampers as the M600. And they are starting the process of honing it. Um, but it feels great. I think it's really, I think it's really good. And I do wonder if you know, like Lotus have sold loads of the Emiras mm. because people are saying, well, I must get a, an analog sports car while well, I still can. Yeah. I do wonder if its time might might actually might actually come. Whether it's more appe appealing now than it would have been. Yeah. Than it might have been a decade ago. That was my um, my thinking with the Alpine that I, you know, I just bought an A110. Mm. Just bought a year ago. Yeah. But the thing that you know, I find myself obsessed with is the um, the weight. Not not well for two things because of the way it feels when you tow it for the first time. It just feels light. And then when you turn in for the first time, I love that. You yeah. know the, the the front contact patches do stuff. You know they re they really deflect. They they really. Yeah. 
change the car's direction yeah. so beautifully. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it's, uh, is it about 1107 or something? Something like that, isn't it? Compared to 1400 for him here. Yeah. How much do they resent that last seven kilos? <laughs> just <laughs> weird. A... Just weird. It just come under. You, yours is, uh, it's not an S, is it? Or is it? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, a Bogo. It's, it's got the, quite a lot of the gadgetry, mm-hmm. you know, foot rests and stuff like that, but, um, Big brakes, but it is a pure. It's a basic car. Yeah. Have you thought about having any tweaks done to it, like the David? I'm Coop? scared to do it because I haven't driven a, a tweaky one, I must mm. say. But I've driven mine's a 250 horsepower. They're 290 as well, aren't they? But yeah. I can't tell the difference between them. Yeah, and I think the, it's I mean, mainly the because the torque curves are very similar. Yeah. But the other thing is, um, uh, I just I'm scared to. Get rid of the suppleness. I like the suppleness. See, around where we live, there's some little lumpy roads, mm. and it just rides them so beautifully. The yeah. other thing is, my I've got an extensive history of buying cars that my missus didn't want to go in, and this one she does. And okay. It's because it's comfortable and okay. quiet, and you know, it's tolerably quiet. Yeah. Not too much surface noise works, so yeah. I'm going to stick with it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another column piece from you. Uh, you've received an email from okay, some agency. Oh, yeah. How, about Halford's issuing a warning, <clears throat> the advancing age of British cars. Yeah, well, it just seemed weird to me. The, the, the boss of Halford's, I would have thought, would have... It'd be delighted, you'd think. Yeah, if you <laughs> do a few more fan belts, yeah. if you want break, yeah. you know, brake pads and exhaust systems. Yeah, because nobody goes to Halford's Auto Centre if they've got a car that's within warranty, do they? Oh. They just go to the dealer. So you would think that, you would think, you know, a place that's flogs car parts and services stuff, yeah. you'd be thrilled about an agent. So I just thought, I just thought you, you know, these people are... are going to send this fellow an invoice and a uh, bit of a bad idea, you know, yeah. why bother? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should be thrilled. Uh, our car's getting older. If I remember, most cars are scrapped at 12 years old. That's it. 13 that point right? something, I think that story yeah. said. And the average age of a car in the UK is at eight years eight. old. Yeah, is that right? Yes, yeah, very good. Yes, thank God. Do you think that will increase... A lot further as well. One cars are new cars are pretty expensive and they're hard to buy because there's no semiconductors. But I wonder if an increase in electrification will, for a time at least, make people hang on to some to some cars. Yeah, I think I think um, uncertainty over EVs. Hmm. Well, people will think, well, my car's working, so I'll hang on to it. It's indisputable that that you know they resist corrosion and all the rest of it much better than they used to. Oh yeah, don't they? Yeah. And they've got, you know, more body rigidity, so mm. there's less fretting, so that, you know, all that. So I think, I, but I think it'll fluctuate a bit, you know, it, it goes with the times to me yeah. that we, you know, people have got money, they tend to change their cars more. Yeah. yeah. But I think the uncertainty over EVs and the, the um, um, uh, economic difficulties will probably cause people to keep them a little bit longer, but I, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be massively... Mm. I mean, the, the car I just sold, the Berlingo, was 19, and, you know, everybody keeps telling me I shouldn't have sold it because it was perfectly fit. Yeah. <laughs> but there were, you know, some issues. Yeah. And my daughter's just bought an Audi A, just two years ago, bought an Audi A3, 15, 15 years old, I think. And I looked underneath, underneath it to pretend I knew what I was doing when I was when I helped, helped her buy it. There's no corrosion on it anywhere. But that's the thing, isn't it? It just And like you say, they, they seem to be built so much more 
stiffly. And I think that's probably the thing about that Lexus RX 300. It still feels like it has all of its body rigidity. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's creaking and spot welds are going and everything else. That must be a big, a big part of yeah. why Remember they feel Remember how trim like, used to diet as well? You know, you'd be one day the, you know, that some guts of the dashboard would suddenly appear and put suddenly well fall off. That. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Yeah. No. No. Not even with a Berlingo, which wasn't the best built car in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That brings us to the end of the summary of our columns. What are you up to next week? Where are we going to where are we going to meet next week, Steve? Everyone knows me, right? Um, I've got a I've got an interesting uh, job next week. I've got a, a road trip to do, which involves seven calls. At, at uh, <clears throat> actually, you're pinching your idea. You, you remember your your round the world in. You know, a day or whatever. Oh well, I pinched that off somebody else, but yeah, go on. Yeah, that yeah, that round the world in eighty hours. Well, I'm I'm sort of doing the same thing with the discos. It's Mm -hmm. a sort of valedictory disco trip, and I'm just going around to a a load of people that to have brief meetings with a load of people that I really really respect in the British motor industry, Mm. who don't normally get a name check, and and they're you know for instance I'll just chuck in one. There's a bloke called John Vigor lives in Kent. I know that name. Started Club One Hundred. That's right. Yeah, was of course. A, yeah. Was one of the early backers of Lewis Hamilton's mm-hmm. career. Without this bloke helping Lewis Hamilton and his dad, Lewis Hamilton may not be where he is no, today. Good, is and that man isn't known to the punter at all. Yeah. He still runs Club 100 now. He does, yeah, yeah, very successfully. Yeah, yeah. I've but, been tempted to, well, I've done one Club 100 race, but I've been tempted to do others. Yeah. It's a good, I think it's a really good, yeah. And it, because all the carts seem to be, it's a, it's a, it's still two stroke karting Blue series, yeah. yeah. And it and it but all of them are very well sorted and evenly prepped, that's the thing. And so it doesn't matter which, you know, if you go go karting and people go, Oh, I've got a slow cart or a fast yeah, one. Yeah. I think they're all sort of evenly you know, pretty they're very, matched. That, that's that's his mantra. And that's the real key. You know, to give you a, um if you are fast or slow, it's because you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah, and I remember one of uh, Haymarket's old uh, commercial blokes, Derek Redfern, who, when, I, when my lad was doing a bit of karting, he said, don't spend loads of money because loads of dads spend tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds. Go and do something like that because it just, you know, you just get into checkbook racing when kids are far too young for it to be. Yeah. It's just absurd. So, oh, that's really know, interesting. You'll, you'll, you'll know, you know, yeah. six or eight races, you'll know if he's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, in that case, we will meet maybe the end of next week to do another one thank you for joining us I'll put a picture of that RX300 on uh, Autocar and my social medias next week at the time this podcast comes out Uh, you can find Autocar in all good news agents every Wednesday at uh, you can get a digital subscription we're at autocar.co.uk we're on this podcast there are other podcasts there's a BMW M podcast uh, the 50th anniversary of M which is coming out right about the same time as this And we're on YouTube uh, pretty often as well. So thanks for listening. See you next time.